0: Talk about it with me. Strange. Dreams. Same page. Safe place. <laughs> Therapy is great. And this ain't the
1: same, but we're crying behind sunglasses anyway. <laughs> crying behind sunglasses. Hey sunnies, I'm Katie Doll, and this is Crying Behind Sunglasses, a mental health podcast for cool people. And by cool people, if you're new to the party, then just know that basically everyone has issues. I have issues, so do you. But guess what? We can all get together and feel less weird about it, and that's pretty cool. So yeah, this podcast is not meant to be a substitute for therapy or medical advice. If you actually have some sort of mental health emergency, please, please call 911 or a mental health professional. Don't just, you know, put on this podcast. There are better ways of dealing with those things. Uh, This podcast is purely to make you feel less alone, and give you some hot tips and maybe make you laugh about how crazy our brains can be, whether you have depression, anxiety, PTSD, or just general weird brain stuff, I'm here to make you feel less weird about it by talking to a lot of interesting people. So anyway, without further ado, we're going to get to the show. I just want to let you know that if you need a place to safely talk about these things, we have a private Facebook support group, facebook.com slash groups slash cryingbehindpod, and our Insta and Twitter are also at cryingbehindpod. Lots of sad memes that we're trying to get posted. Posted on there, and you tweet us all of your weird feelings. Also, um, at the end of the episode, if you want to learn more about anything that me and the guests talk about, whether that's a book or a show or a resource, then you can find that on our website, cryingbehindpod.com. All right, enjoy. Today, I have the distinct pleasure of speaking with Taylor Orsi, a friend of mine who I met through UCB. Taylor is a TV writer, screenwriter, performer, and uses the pronouns she, they. Taylor just finished writing for Season 3 of Vita on Stars*, and there is an absolute fire Drag King performance in Episode 5 that you should definitely check out.
0: Uh, welcome hi Hi how are y'all? I'm good. Um, I hope that you have a mental health podcast where you just bring like uh, vulnerable people on and just make them freak out and have a crisis on your show. That's funny. No what do uh, you mean? I, hope I, I hope I cry blood if, if you don't if you don't make me take a xanax after this if this conversation doesn't make me take a xanax I'm it's a fucking fraud I'm over it. <laughs> I'm walking. (laughs) I love it. I love it.
1: Uh, How has your day been? How has your isolation been?
0: Um, and uh, and a good quarantine to you. (laughs) I know it's
1: like it's like what kind of greeting is appropriate, right? Yeah, yeah. I feel like for me this morning, I I went for a run with my dog came back, and then uh, she's been very picky about her food lately. So I I made her a scrambled egg instead of her normal food. Aww. I feel like she's been using quarantine to just become more high maintenance. But, you know, it's fine.
0: (laughs) Yeah. How are your animals doing with it? Oh, they're, they're good. They're doing good. Um, My dog is uh, Shusha, as you know, because you saw that she's big on uh hogging the camera for video conferencing. Yes. <laughs> she's usually right next to me. And when, I, when she's had enough of me video conferencing, then she like sits in front of it. And she's like, I've done, you've had enough. So that's cute. <laughs> um, yeah. I love that. Yeah. I feel- Quarantining has been good. I'm with my roommate Lilan over here. And, um, yeah, we're, we're doing pretty, like we definitely have had a, I think just one major fight. So that, uh, is a success story. And, um, we yeah we're just like we're we're doing really well and uh basically have this thing where we make coffee in the morning for each other like whoever gets up first so it becomes like this cutesy little competition of generosity which is uh which is a which is a nice thing to have keeping the quarantine light keeping it breezy
1: okay so you and you and uh are still living together that's so cool
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got our uh now that the I guess um the curve has peaked and we just uh were following a lot of official guidelines and stuff like that, we have double bubbled, which is that basically um Lelons Boyfriend is quarantined, and my girlfriend is quarantined, so we switch off basically seeing them kind of we have this system, but they're the only people we see. It's very romantic, very very uh, so you have- yeah, very love in the time of quarantine we're making it we're making it our own,
1: yeah, it's interesting, I mean, because if you are dating right now, you're kind of i don't know how depending on how long you've been together, it's not that weird, but if someone was just starting to date. And then all of a sudden, they're in this forced monogamy situation. It's kind of, it's dramatic, you know, (laughs) because like in the normal world, you would maybe there would be a little bit more mystery as to like where you are or what you're doing or who you're with. But they're just like, Oh, I know whenever I'm not seeing you, you're just
0: at home. (laughs) Yeah. Um, it, I mean, like, yeah, it's this, for a uh, for it's been about two months with my girlfriend. So in a normal non-quarantine gay lesbian relationship, we would have already moved in together. So now I guess we're married. I don't know. <laughs> I'm kidding, but things move quick. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I mean I get it. I, do. No, I do. You do. I've I've heard that. Specific. I mean I do. I have other friends um, in like the lesbian community and. I feel like it's a joke, but also not a joke that, is that true that women just tend to move in together pretty quick?
0: (laughs) Um, I think, yeah, I mean, well, yes and no. I think, I think that, um, like when you're a girl, I guess, or when you're born, born a female, um, there's stuff that you just, it's a little bit second nature to talk about versus when, with if you're with a dude um <clears throat> I'm being careful about my words yes yeah, I'm sorry I know, it's hard to say like I know well I guess male identifying
1: would that be ca- yeah it would be maybe a, I like, don't know
0: have a sign female at birth and then yeah let's do female ident. well it's like male identified it's just yeah just like dudes I'll just say dudes <clears throat> um dudes might like kind of shy away from that conversation or like if you're in a hetero relationship it might be like, Oh, don't bring that up. But I literally have been on a date where, um, we were like having drinks and like, it wasn't, I mean, it was almost like one of the first questions. It was just like, so what's your sign? What's your Harry Potter house? And, uh, do you intend on having children? And if so, would you be the one that carries? And then all of a sudden it's like, Oh, light and breezy, you know? Cause you're just <laughs> Cause, uh, like, if you feel like you want to carry children, it's something that's on your mind. And so you're just like, yeah, oh, we get this out of the way, as opposed to like, how to hit to your boyfriend, you know, it's just different. Yeah, you can, no, I, it, Yeah. it sounds, ahead. it sounds refreshing,
1: honestly, because it's like, you get all the bullshit out of the way, and then you can just enjoy each other's company.
0: Yeah, I think that the, the, the trade off, and I, like, I tell my roommate this, who's, uh uh for some people unfortunately straight, I guess, because everybody wants Lelon to be gay, but um, <laughs> she ain't. But um like that's that's fun and refreshing. But the other part is that because you're with like a woman, you can't bullshit. So the good news is that there's no bullshit, but the bad news is that you can't bullshit. So anytime you'd be like, How are you doing? And it's like fine, not fine. I know you're not fine. And then you just basically have to you know it's very raw it's like a very um you can't hide behind some traditional like tricks i guess i i don't know how to say it like straight girl tricks yeah no.
1: <laughs> straight girl tricks as in like yeah no it's because it, uh Women are so much more in touch with their feelings and or, you know, yeah. female identifying. It's like you're, you're more empathetic. You're more intuitive. And so, yeah, like it would be – it's so much harder to keep a secret from someone like that than versus traditional dudes, you know, uh, at least yeah. uh, typically depending on how they were socialized, are not as in touch with their feelings. And it's pretty easy to be like, I'm fine. Yeah, and just, just not,
0: not address to, things. <laughs> yeah, you're not used to maybe like normalizing the conversation of having children. Or it's it's like there's certain conversations that are just normalized where you're just like, oh, okay, let's like talk about this. Um, but the, yeah. Oh, totally. I, so in I mean, it is Los Angeles, that being said. So I know a lot of people that are in, you know, like creative relationships similar to straight couples. It's just like, oh, yeah, you've got open relationships and all the creative this, that, um, just like, just like, just like the straights. Um, just like it.
1: Yeah. So I, yeah.
0: I've dated a lot of different, genders. a multitude of what? <laughs> of genders. I was like speaking from experience. And, so, okay. Uh,
1: to dive into, like, the mental health aspect of this, because yes. I'm really curious. Uh, what? You're- <laughs> I promise, yes. I'm not here to make you cry, really. I just want to hear whatever's going on.
0: Um, you better make me cry. Did you- or else. Oh, what? <laughs> you better make me cry or else. i <laughs> <laughs> telling me you're going to talk about some crazy shit. And I'm like, buckle the fuck up, dude. I want to cry. Cry me. Let's do it. <laughs>
1: Wow, that's a challenge. Okay. I mean, listen, if if that's what you want, and you're giving me consent, uh, then I will do my best. (laughs) So uh, I'm going to start off light. I'm just curious, um, with your feelings of being queer or being attracted to other genders, when did that start? Have you always felt that way?
0: Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, I knew for myself that I was not straight when I was about 12. And then I came out to my family as bisexual when I was 14. Um, oh, okay. So I, uh, at the time, was dating a guy who was also bisexual, which was a way to, I think that was kind of like a, a way to dip your toe in the water where we could like check out guys and check out girls. And it was just sort of fun and sort of, it, it also in that, um, we sort of got to play around with the idea of gender, where it's like, "Oh, you're such a girl, or you're such a guy." Da 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 da. Um, I guess I'll separate like the genderness from the sexual orientation-ness because I. There's... Oh yeah,
1: I mean th- those two things are very separate. Of course, I was just curious about um.
0: No, I wasn't. Yeah, those
1: the, the early early memories of
0: yeah, how you came to you. be
1: the beautiful unicorn that you are.
0: <laughs> I'm a unicorn. Did you hear that, Mom? She doesn't give a shit. Um, <laughs> no, she she does. She's she's wonderful. She's she's great. Thank you. You gave me life. The um yeah, so uh Blah 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 Ba by when I was 14. And then in high school I did like major advocacy, uh, work under Virginia Uribe's, uh, uh, one of her many awesome, uh, and she's, she's passed now, um, Virginia Uribe and her wife, uh, Gail Rolfe in the Los Angeles LAUSD public education system had this thing called project 10. Uh, and project 10 was basically to help youth the, um, who were gay lesbian bisexual questioning trans identified um to kind of like basically advocate for them uh as teenagers cuz when you're a little gay teen it's it's weird and and um so I did a and the project 10 the 10 stands for you know the idea that 10% of the population at least is not straight um i would say it's more like a lot more than that but uh yeah so yeah, I did a lot of gay advocacy, and um, we—I I, I could get into the nuts and bolts of it, but we lobbied the Capitol every single year to for for a gay students' rights stuff like that. Um, my first girlfriend was my friend, who I'm still friends with. Uh, her name was Maggie, and I took her to prom, and uh, back then it was not allowed to bring your your uh, same sex partner to prom so we did our own prom like the 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 gays the gay youth of los angeles did their own prom at the sheraton universal and it was dope as fuck um my friend j Jay- That sounds
1: amazing I, well, also um sorry to interrupt but i, I i'm so i guess I must be sheltered or not remember how things went because you would think that in LA of all places, they would be open-minded about allowing you to bring, uh, whoever you want to prom.
0: I mean, now they are, <laughs> but that yeah, was- no,
1: it's just, it's just crazy how things change
0: so quickly, you know? Yeah, yes, it is. And it's, um, you got to get loud and obnoxious <laughs> in order to change it. So yeah. Um, so yeah, so that was my first girlfriend and I think, oh, 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 the way that I guess I, yeah, um, I guess kind of like there was this girl, Stephanie, uh, in junior high and and Stephanie was by, which was weird. Cause we were like 11, 12 and they're like, Stephanie's by, and she wants to kiss you. And I was like, Stephanie's cute, but now it's caught co- like, I'm caught, um, And so that just sort of like opened the door when I was 12 to be like, I want to kiss Stephanie though. But it became like this whole thing. And I didn't want to kiss her on the quad. That's weird, but it sort of stuck with me. And then I basically got a crush on my camp counselor when I was 14, whose name was Alyssa. And I was like, oh, I want to be Alyssa. Like I was like, you know, like that late girl obsession, the wheels get turning or just like, Oh, and what's Alyssa doing? And I wonder if, Oh, Alyssa where it looks, you know, uh, ha, you know, where's this hair product? Oh, that smells like Alyssa. And then I was like, Oh, I want to be with Alyssa. I don't want to be Alyssa. And no. um, yeah. So that was that. And, um, I guess it's a very long diatribe of just like, any like and I've, I've dated my fair amount of guys anytime that I have been in a hetero relationship with a man it does end up in some way being genderqueer though I will say that I can't get away from that um, <laughs> it just and
1: so I'm curious, what is that what do you mean by that? Like just as in um the sorts of things you guys do together sexually or just the way that you relate to each other?
0: Yeah, both. I'd say like the the dynamic. I mean, I don't want to blow up anybody's spot. Is, um oh no, yeah. I'm not,
1: yeah. <laughs> I'm not here. to listen to your, you know. I'm
0: like yeah, um, <laughs> um, yeah. men who love pegging, butt stuff. Um, <laughs> number one. It's, great great. uh but
1: stuff absolutely number well, I'll, one
0: I'll just say like I mean to be very to be very um what do you call it up front I like it just sort of like lands on me that I'll be making out with a dude or something who's like he says he's straight or whatever and then all of a sudden he's like I want you to fuck me like a man and I'm like uh okay wow. and they're straight like they don't lead to that later they don't go like Oh, I'm gay now because you fuck me like a man. They just like I don't, I I I don't know. It always kind of left the door open for me in terms of like, uh, and then I guess I'll pivot into like genderness. Um, Like ever since I guess I was, I'm like pronouns are she they. I guess for me, um, which is a new thing to just be like, yeah, that's that's where I'm at. And the re like, and this isn't new. It's just shit that people have been like basically pointing out or telling me since I was fucking two, you know, like from, you know, when what my, would people say to you? Yeah. When my sister and I, for instance, uh, would, we would reenact Disney plays and we would be just two of us doing the whole play. But I got, you know, my sister would be like, you're the prince. And just even from there, I was like, Oh, I'm a prince. And, I don't know if that, you know, how we decided that, but there were just things growing up that I was just like, oh, I get to do this. And then somebody saying, no, you can't. And not really understanding why, you know, I I think this is true for a lot of just girls growing up. It's like, how come I can't take my shirt off when I'm playing in the sprinklers, just like the boys. But, um, you know, like, basically seeing yourself as kind of more than just a tomboy or just like the things that you like like I really wanted to cut my hair short when I was little and then all of a sudden the 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 shoe clerk would um direct me to the the dinosaur shoes and be like oh because you're a boy and just sort of like that mistaking. Um, so like as a kid that was there a lot and getting mistaken for a boy And, um, but then as I got as, as I like got older into junior high and stuff, I just always, I don't know, kind of, um, took the boy role with my friends. I can't really explain what that is, but it would be like, if we're walking. I understand what you're saying though. Yeah. and, And it's like, I'm the one that's like, well, I'll like, I'll throw down and fuck fuck somebody up if they if they mess with you or whatever just always feeling um that thing and but but sure like I, I guess you could gender that into being female and maternal I think that sexually um like as I became a teenager just girls offhandedly would just be like oh I wish you were a boy or do this like you were a boy or blah, 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 or kind of just sort of like, because, because you're kind of a little bit, a little bit, right? Like it just, there were things that put me in a place that wasn't a girl and it wasn't tomboyish. It was this other space that I just sort of shrugged my shoulders and go, okay, like, okay. Um, And so is that where you
1: came into the space of, Because you're like, okay, I'm not a girl. I'm not a boy. And (laughs) then so is that how the idea of the non-binary or the using the word they kind of emerged?
0: Um, They they came up this year in the Vida room where we all went around and we're like, well, I guess we never went around and said our pronouns, huh? And then there was somebody else in the room that was like, well, I kind of identify as he, they, but I don't really say it because you don't (sighs) like because I don't want to make it a big deal and I was like I identify with that I don't um this is just something that I understand for myself and it's not really anybody else's business and that's kind of the conversation that I had in the room But it started, once I sort of asserted that, it started to make me conscious of the way I comport myself in order to be digestible for other people. So, um, for instance, like, I know, especially being used, I used to be an actor with, like, a capital A, or kind of, and literally Mm -hmm. a director telling me, like, well, because you're a Latina and you have an ass, you're always going to go out for like the slut rolls. So just know you're just going to go and be like a hot, like a hot throwaway. And And um, I didn't feel like that. But uh, when I when I like became a comedian, that was the first time that I started growing my hair out because they were like, we like your hair long. And I kind of comedy sort of ran parallel to this, weird transformation for me for a little bit that's like well if you want to be a comedian you're gonna have to swallow some bullshit and I think that you know we all can identify with that in different ways and I was sort of turning into this person that other people thought was very uh stereotypically attractive but it was in a space that I didn't feel comfortable with myself that I'd never felt comfortable in my hair hasn't been long my whole life it's always been short. And, um, so to like, do That's so funny. Cause I think that
1: when I met you, you were in your long hair phase. So I just never knew you as the short hair tailor, even though that's who you had been your whole life up until people told you to be different.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I know. Um, yeah. And, and which is fun. Like I have, like, I have a, a, a long lace front. I like having long hair, but I don't like, When it comes out of my head, I like putting it on and taking it off Um, because it's work. Um, But like, so I kind of like it is went into this like high femme type of like, well, you got to be this if you want this type of thing. And it felt very uncomfortable. And so and I know I'm rambling, but like when I when we were in the Vita room and we went around and we said our pronouns after I sort of like vocalized that I realized like, oh, When I go out of the house, I'm one person. And then, but when I wake up, I'm a different person. Like I wake up and I'm me and then I go to the mirror and I kind of put on a version of me that other people like better. And that, but, but it's also like having Lilan here, like my roommate, I started to Cause she, cause she knows me from comedy and this was more me. This is nothing that she brought up, but it was more like, this is something that I became conscious of. That's like, okay, well, I'm derping around the house and I just look like, I look like for me, I was like, I look like an invisible non-person. Like I'm just this non-person when I wake up and then I put on a version of me that's like feminine. And that's the one that people like. And to sort of interface with the idea of like, how come you don't think that who you are and the energy you bring when you wake up in the morning is the thing you can also bring to the outside too, I guess, um, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I hear that. Yeah, and I sewing was. I feel like, that. like just kind of like I get especially- to share whatever I yeah. want yeah, sorry. Oh, sewing. I was like, sewing was, was yeah. part of that gender journey. That's like, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to wear this. I want to, like, I think that a crop top should be worn by everyone. Like I think that dudes should, straight dudes should be wearing crop tops. We should bring back the Bill and Ted crop top. Um, you know, and I get to design my clothes so I can feel good. I, from them. I'm into that. I'm yeah. into that.
1: I mean, I, I say that, Listen, we're we're all locked inside, but it's still summer, and maybe this is going to be a crop top boy summer.
0: I wanted to be a crop top boy summer, and I will be one of those crop top boys. Um, no, but um, yeah. So before yes. I kind of like, oh. thought of the okay, well, this is like a before I was like oh, I'm I, I can I can feel comfortable identifying as she they. I would just be like, oh, I'm just like, I'm just like a girl with big dick energy. And that's how I kind of thought of myself for a really long Mm. time. Like if I, if I bring, if I bring myself to a place as my whole self and I show up, it makes girls and guys wish that I was a man. Like, I don't know. It's just kind of like your, your own detective. And you're like, what am I putting out there? And even when I was like in my own, my most high femme-ish stuff, like the thing that I got cast as was like, what, fake lesbian on the Kroll show? You know, I can't run away.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So I want to, I love that and I need to watch it. So I I, I will check that out.
0: Was that a cohesive answer? I'm so sorry. Uh, I don't know if that made sense. What? It
1: was amazing. No, I... Okay. I, I love when I can ask someone something and then they can kind of tell me their whole journey. So I feel like I've learned a lot.
0: Oh, okay, good. You know? Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, when, when straight guys <laughs> fuck them like a, guy, like a man, that's not, it's not the first time that happens. It's happened. Maybe not that overt request, but you're like, oh, I, I know what you want right now. And it's just like, then you fuck them like you're a man. So I put on my boy hat and then I fuck them. <laughs> not anymore, but you know yeah I hear you no it's 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 funny because
1: I don't like I I'm hetero I've never actually been in a relationship with a woman um and like I had crushes on girls here and there did some stuff in college but none of that counts I don't think uh I wouldn't be like oh I'm bi you know all of
0: it counts counts. I don't understand why we're always no I'm just well I'm not saying
1: I mean, not that it doesn't count. I'm just saying, like, I'm not going to own, like, oh, I am actively trying to pursue relationships with all the genders right now because I'm not, you know?
0: Okay. Yep. Yeah, I just— Does that make sense? Yeah, of course. I think it's very interesting just, like, I always get—you know, you get curious of the way that shit gets minimized. Like, you know, um, oh, she has daddy issues or, oh, I have daddy issues. It's kind of a similar thing to unpack. It's like, oh, well, maybe in college. Oh, yeah. And I think that's funny. It's
1: sure that's true.
0: Yeah, it's like it all, it all. Counts. No,
1: well, I mean, here, listen. You told me here. You told me your crazy story. I'll tell a crazy story. Um, uh, because yeah, not a lot of people know this. This is very funny. Um, I went. To, so I went to NYU. Um, and I remember because I was an overachiever, I wanted to do their early decision thing. So you have to like, I grew up in LA. I had to fly to New York to audition in person. Um, for their theater program. And I was staying with some like family friends. They were just like letting me crash in their room uh, in like their spare room. And then um, I had like one or two people that I knew from LA who are already going to NYU. And they were like, oh, we're going to get you into a crazy party at the dorm. I was like, okay, I'm 17, you know, by myself in New York. Um, I get to this party and I find out that it is a trash party. Um, meaning that everyone gets to the door, takes off their clothes, and then you have to make new clothes out of trash bags, like plastic (laughs) trash bags and duct tape.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Uh,
1: yeah, it was pretty great. And this was like the night before my audition. So I don't know how I pulled it off because I did get into that school. (laughs) I just remember getting so so messed up and uh yeah I made out with two girls that night and I remember grabbing this one girl's boob but like it was covered in a black trash bag (laughs) you know because she had made like a tube top like a really sexy tube top
0: that by the way that's a gay secret we all touch our boob through trash bags that wasn't your party that's it's just it's just (laughs) that's that's it's a gay it's a I try to explain it to you you wouldn't understand (laughs) (laughs)
1: oh wow you know there's a lot more that I need to educate myself about maybe I need to go back to college and and go into studying trash parties only
0: (laughs) yeah just think finger feel up some trash boobs and yeah it'll be all good (laughs) Ooh, I I mean hey maybe
1: this is something you can try you know just a little experiment
0: (laughs) I'll, I'll do anything once um it's very interesting somebody had misidentified me as a baby queer um when uh I don't know I had brought up some sort of gay thing maybe like a year ago and I was like oh honey (laughs) I'm I'm oh because they thought you were new to that scene yeah because it's like I'm I don't you know have a tattoo of a rainbow flag on my fucking foot um Everybody's different. Everybody's different. Yeah. Well, I know that you've
1: brought up on social media and we talked a little about um, anxiety. And I'm curious, like, how your anxiety has affected your art. And, like, it, is it something that is an obstacle for you when you're trying to write? Or is it weirdly helpful?
0: I think both, probably. Um. Let's see. So...
1: Yeah. Because I think for me, it's it, it can sometimes be motivating, but uh, other times it's like I have two extremes. Like I'm either super motivated to get a million things done because I'm too anxious if they don't get done, <laughs> or I put so many things on my to-do list that I look at the list and I get overwhelmed and I don't do any of it.
0: Yeah. Um, I guess the first thing that comes to mind for me is that Um, I, for some reason, constantly think that I'm failing. So, Mm. because I think the thing that the, the person that I compete with is myself. I'm very proud of that, that, um, I try my hardest and I try, I all say it like this. Like I actively check myself to make sure I'm not comparing myself against other people. Cause that is that type of anxiety is the, like a number one way to making the creativity stop. Um, so I personally, sometimes because I am just in my own head with like blinders on just in here, uh, I can be a little too hard on myself and I'm like, Oh, so I did a good job. Oh, okay. Okay. And, and, and so, uh, my anxiety, which is wrapped up with PTSD, uh, is, uh, it, 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 my therapist has told me it prevents me from holding positive affect. Um, also I, um, uh, what's the word? I'm prone to panic attacks and, um, but those are, are really bad for the brain. So, um, that's a negative thing. Uh, I don't, I think anxiety, if anything might be a powerful motivator, but I try really hard to keep it at bay. I have a lot of things that keep it at bay in the quarantine. I smoke a lot. Yes,
1: Yes, absolutely. Oh, also for people who are not watching on video, uh, we uh, <laughs> she's uh, she's using a lighter and having a little bit of a
0: herbal refreshment, uh, shall we say? I'm smoking a joint, um, which my therapist says is like, oh, yeah. Green um, says is totally healthy. So hey, it's better than jumping off a bridge. No, it
1: is. I mean. Um, I also suffer from panic attacks. So welcome to the club, (laughs) the club that no one wants to be in. (laughs) It's, it's, you know, it's super fun, super fun. Uh, especially when, um, like it's one thing to have a panic attack when you kind of can feel it coming because, you know, there's a bunch of triggers that are happening, but have you ever had one of those where it just comes out of nowhere and like, you think you're fine. And then all of a sudden you're just done.
0: Yeah, I yeah, um like a physical one? Are you talking about like a phys, like a physical? Like, like I had one one time when I was working as a barista a couple of years ago and all of a sudden the backs of my knees started to sweat and I felt like I was blacking out. And I was like, "Where did this Really? Come? I was totally fine and all of a sudden I went meow, and I had to I had to like uh crouch behind the Mother Moo ice cream uh section at jones on third and have my little panic attack so y'all be nice to the people uh be nice to your baristas they might be having a panic attack behind the pastry case
1: yeah (laughs) you really never know yeah you never know what other people are going through um you totally don't and (laughs) so I love that you go to therapy. I also I go to therapy once a week, and I'm so grateful that I'm able to do it over Zoom. Yeah, um, or not Zoom. We use like whatever telehealth or something. Whatever's the one that is we cleared can, by yeah um, the the law. Now, yeah, <laughs> HIPAA. I don't know, uh, but yeah, I'm. You were saying something about how your PTSD prevents you from holding a positive affect? Is that what you said? I didn't yeah. know what you meant by that.
0: Oh, cool. It's like this. Um, try to pay me a compliment.
1: <laughs> Go okay. Ahead. Well, Taylor, you are uh-huh. beautiful I am trying. So i you're beautiful. You're a very talented writer, very funny person.
0: And uh you got so you got a really cute dog. Oh fuck, I really I'm out of coffee. I'm so sorry. Um I'm so sorry. I said that I was going to make us coffee just now. And I, I, I ran out of fucking coffee. Fuck, fuck. I thought, I thought when I went to the grocery store, I thought I got coffee. Um, I'll be right back. Are you okay? Do you need anything? I just need you to accept how beautiful you are. Okay. Bye. <laughs> so that's <laughs> an example of like, just where, <laughs> okay, where, where did it go? It's, and then, and then you'd be like, Hey, I was playing you a compliment and you and I would be like, yeah, thank you. I'm really sorry about the coffee. Like it's it doesn't sink in. I guess holding positive affect is like uh things certain things don't sink in for me. And I don't I live in an alternate reality uh where I'm constantly fucking up, pleasing nobody, and um uh yeah. So so like to try so compliments sort of are the things that Push me out of that world, and uh, it's wild. <laughs> yeah,
1: right. Yeah. Well, because if, if your reality is that you're running around trying to please people and always failing at that, if somehow someone presents you with evidence that you have succeeded in connecting with them and that there is something positive, your brain just can't accept it as reality. Yeah, not is that what, that's kind of
0: yeah, not really. And I, I mean, I work on it a lot. Um, For sure. But I guess the thing that gives me joy is just sort of like, regardless of what get is successful, or this is what I try to do, like regardless of what becomes quote unquote successful and what doesn't, I just, at the end of the day, have to be proud of the work I've done on any project, no matter how big or small. And if I'm satisfied that I did my personal best, then I can be proud of that um and anything else is just noise which is the good news but also the bad news is everything else is just noise <laughs> <laughs> there you go yeah i i think that yeah it's just kind of like uh, <laughs> i don't know
1: yeah, but if you're you're it sounds like you're finding joy in the process of doing the work and you are able to be satisfied with what you're doing and so in a way um it's not that's not all bad because it means that whatever criticisms fly your way or whatever if it's good or bad it just kind of rolls off because you are just a pioneer person pulling your own wagon through the wild <laughs> west <laughs> just doing your own thing.
0: See, like, right now, as you were talking, I I realized, like, oh, fuck, I needed to say mm-hmm. another thing about the gay conversation that I left out. Oh, no, I really should have bulleted and taken notes uh, on the answer that I needed to give oh, you. Well, what do you think? This, see, like, this like, podcast is awesome. totally non-lin- nonlinear. Sure, but you hear what I say. Uh, you can, I mean. But, do, can, like, do you, can you hear what I'm saying where, like, you said something nice about me and I didn't catch it. <laughs> like, this is what meditation is good for. They're oh, right. Catching, catching that. Um, but okay, wait, really quickly. That's back- so funny. Yeah.
1: I get what you're saying. So So now I get it. I was trying to say, I was saying something nice about you and talking about you being a pioneer person. And you're like, nope, I'm not going to think about being a pioneer person. I'm going to go think about this other thing I wanted to say 20 minutes ago.
0: Yeah, I'm going to think about how I could have answered the last question better. So that's like... Yes, (laughs) please.
1: Well, I don't even remember what the question was. I I think I was mostly just asking you about, you know, how you came into your queer identity and
0: that kind of thing, right? Yeah, because you were like, oh, when I met you, you had like long hair and I was dating a guy and things like that. And um, I realized like, because this happened with my roommate too, because my roommate was like, oh, I didn't know you knew. Well, she didn't say it like this at all. I don't know why I gave her that um, accent. I'm so sorry. Um, she was like, oh, I am talking about, we're talking about uh, old gay couples. And she was like, oh, yeah, I didn't know that you knew gay couples. Or it was something She, I'm, I'm making. This is not what she said. I'm so sorry, Leland. Um, and I was like, oh, because I wouldn't talk to you about that. And it wasn't a mean thing, but be- like my gay friends knew I was gay, <laughs> like, cause I don't think of it as just being, and my straight friends, I wouldn't talk about this stuff. And there are two main reasons for that. If we're getting real, number one, straight girls like to, uh, talk to me about, uh, that, they- like straight girls come on to me um, and I don't like it because um, I'm a very respectful person. And so uh, if somebody like physically, I call it like koala hands. Like if somebody just like gets drunk and just gets you koala hands, (laughs) like this is what I didn't want to happen. If you found out that I liked women. So it's like to avoid that, to avoid like literally like asses in your up your vagina at a house party. Um and then the second thing, uh is that wait, what's the other thing? I forgot. Anyway, that's the big one. Is is just oh, and because straight people will treat you like pets and they don't know it. And it's not really it's like, oh, so cute. Like I've I don't like I don't know, I just you just kind of want to avoid the weird uncomfortableness of that. I think it's something that I don't really talk about a lot, I guess, because I don't want to like, quote unquote, blame women for that, but it is something that, that has. No, but I think it is your,
1: it's, it's your experience. And I, I haven't seen that happen, I guess, because I have friends all over the spectrum of gender and sexuality and, but I, I I have seen, you know, the, the old term of like someone who's like a fag hag and they hang out with gay men and kind of, uh, I don't know. I would, I don't know if we call it tokenizing, but maybe, but you're talking about like how they kind of treat them like a pet. Like, oh, you're so cute. You're so gay. Let's go do gay things together. And it's like, well why not just be their real friend?
0: Yeah. So like the boy version of that a lot, you see like, oh, fat, like, you know, um, sex in the city type of, uh, gay man, straight female relationship with, um, but with a, for me, my personal experience as a queer person, woman, that is that the way in my personal life, it has shown up in ways that I don't appreciate, uh, with straight women and straight men, um, is, to be objectified um, yes in in a way that seems like a vacation for straight women, whereas for me when if if a if a straight woman who's attractive comes on to me very hard, I'm going to register it probably differently in my body than they are if they think it's like fun or you know, like, oh, let's just try this out. Because like, I there are women in my life that I have loved very intensely. And that is the thing that I connect with physical intimacy with women. Um, not, let's, you know, let's do blow, and I'm gonna touch your tit in this fucked up bathroom. Like I that's not sex to me. That's not intimacy to me. And uh yeah, so it's sort of like belittling in a way. Um my uh w- my relationships with women which actually for me have been the most intense. Uh which is probably why I've had fewer of them because men are just around. <laughs> and it's like oh, I don't know. Okay. But women, it's just sort of like, it's almost like I'm 40 year old virgin when it comes to female relationships where it's like, I don't hate women. I love women. I respect women. I respect the hell out of them. I respect them so much. I don't even want to get near them. It's just like, woo. So if it's just somebody backs their ass up, like, and they're like, yay shots. I wish you were a man. I'm just like, I wish I were a man too, motherfucker. Fuck. You know? (laughs) Yeah, well, like you're just, you know, so, so yeah, so I think that that maybe puts a more finer point on the thing that I'm trying to get across. Yeah. And,
1: and the thing you're trying to get across is basically that, um, for you at least, like sometimes having friendships with straight people, it could, be objectifying for you and it does minimize your feelings because
0: yeah um sorry like to be more specific it's like um sometimes straight friends are like oh I didn't know you were gay and in my head I have been like oh yes I wouldn't talk to you about that because they're uh having gay conversations with my straight friends sometimes leads down this road of being a pet or being minimized. And I just like to avoid it altogether, but my gay friends know I'm gay. (laughs) Right? Yeah, totally. Totally. Uh,
1: Yeah. And I think also it's weird in general, whenever you're, someone sees you a certain way, they put you in a certain box even if that's not a correct box for you to be put in. And then you reveal this other information and then suddenly you are treated as the other yeah. instead of just being together and both being humans. Yeah. So I could see how that would be something you want to protect yourself. Like for me, I, I, my motto lately has been protect your energy. You know, and you're, that's what you're doing. You're protecting your energy by choosing who you want to have those conversations with. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that.
0: Yeah, because there's, yeah. So, so yeah, uh-huh. you get <laughs> it. You got it. You're good. You're I don't
1: good. know. I'm just, trying, I mean, I, ho- I hope I'm understanding. I mean, even if not, honestly, like me not understanding the fact that you are, you explained everything very well. And I think- <laughs> anybody who listens to it would be, no, anybody who listens to it would get an education on like, oh, okay, this is how I can be a better friend to, um, to someone in her situation, you know?
0: Yeah. I think it's sort of, yeah. I think, cause I think when a lot of people think of gay, they think of honestly now, like RuPaul's Drag Race, like it's always a party. And I think that maybe there are well-intentioned straight people out there that are like, oh, I'm showing solidarity by making it a party too. Um, so we're just all in this party like, yeah, girlfriend, or yeah, let's, you know, let's kiss. Like, it's almost this uh, this way of showing that you're cool with it. Um, mm-hmm. That, you know, like drag and all of that, I mean, it comes out of a lot of pain. I think that like, similar to a lot of like beautiful joyous art forms that come out of like staring fucking death in the face and smiling. And so yes, yes. Like something more than just like, Oh, it's a party. <laughs>
1: um, <laughs> no, it's not always a party, but I was actually, this is a good segue. Cause you just brought up drag. Um, <laughs> yeah. For the past few years, I've had the ple- pleasure of watching you develop your drag king characters and do those performances (laughs) and i cannot believe this is probably i don't know this this gotta be the coolest thing that one of my friends has gotten to do in hollywood you not only are a staff writer on vita which is a great show but you got like somehow got them to let you write in and and be in this drag king performance on tv (laughs) and i watched it last night and it was, that was fire. It was amazing. <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> I just want to know, you obviously started taking on this drag thing on your own a few years ago. Did you ever imagine that you would get to, ah. that it would evolve into something like that?
0: <laughs> no. <laughs> just like, and fuck, dude. like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm as fucking like, Floored as you are, that like, um, that Trey. Well, of course he did. Like, of course, fucking Trey gets whatever he fucking wants. There's also like a parent, like GQ. Oh, by the way, sorry, our listeners
1: just our listeners don't know who Trey is. Just so you know, Trey is Taylor's drag name. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't think there's some random dude that she that she's talking about? <laughs> He's like, tell uh, us about Trey.
0: Oh my god, um, Trey. I love Trey. Uh. Trey, Trey is a uh a hot bro from uh from the i e from the inland Empire uh who hates to read and he hates to lose <clears throat> his full name is Tomás the III, and uh we <laughs> uh his job is basically he parties his dad is a uh or his parents own like some properties and he manages one of the properties and um, he's just your, he's just like, a kind of like a slacker landlord that, uh, always makes the hall smell like weed, but he fails up. He fails up.
1: <clears throat> yeah. Wow. You have such a rich backstory for Trey. <laughs> <laughs> he's not just any kind of bro. He's a very specific kind of bro. So Trey really wanted to get on the show. And so he made you write this.
0: Dude, I don't fucking know, dude. I, I basically... The shorthand of it is that Danya, because I got the Vita job off of Twitter, um, <clears throat> because my family uh, on my mom's side is from East LA. We are Chicano, uh, and uh, like I, my, my family's been in Los Angeles for like two generations, and um, uh, the type of Latino we are is. That were, we're a thing called uh, Native Hispanic, I guess. That's the flavor of the month that they're calling us right now, but Native Hispanic okay. is basically um, people, this used to be Mexico. We're in Los Angeles right now, this used to be Mexico, and people lived here who were Mexicans. Then the border changed, and they still are Mexicans. They speak Spanish, they you know, they celebrate life events uh, like Mexicans, they, uh, have music that is in Spanish. Uh, and then there's also like a whole indigenous aspect to it. Uh, you know, which is all what Mestizo or Mexican is, is to be part, uh, conquered and part conqueror. So anywho, the border changed and it was like, oh, okay, I guess the border changed, but, uh, we didn't change. And so, um, It like like Native Hispanic challenges the notion that all Spanish speakers or Latino identified people in America are immigrants because some of y'all came here like your grandpa came here and all of a sudden it's like, I am American and I'm the most American. And it's like, you know, uh, we've been here since the fucking 1500s we speak Spanish, get over it. Like the West was not like, I don't know. Anyway, I could go on about that. Anyways. Yeah. I
1: don't mind you going on about that. I'm also an LA native. My parents were also born in LA and I love learning more about the culture of how the area came to be. I was born in San Diego. We moved to LA when I was five. And I remember when I was a kid, I learned Spanish really young just because there's so many Mexicans in LA. It's like, it just makes sense. It's basically the native language.
0: Yeah, my dad likes to say, this is America. That's why we speak Spanish. Um, because... Yeah, <laughs> that's great. And so
1: um, I guess we got a little off track, but I don't mind because I liked that history lesson. No, no, I want to know...
0: España and the drag. So, um, right? I, I want to know how, how you got into writing that scene. Yeah. Okay, so the, the reason why... One of the reasons why I got this job on Vida is because I did drag. I mentioned it in an off... I mentioned it offhand. It was the last thing I mentioned to Tanya when, we, uh, when I had my staffing interview, which was informal in and of itself because I got staffed off of Twitter. And I went. that's when I went down a rabbit hole of why I wrote on the show. Um, yeah, sure. So... Uh, because Tanya was uh, very interested in having drag kings on the show. Who would have fucking known that? And so she was like, I'm really interested in having drag kings on the show um, and wanted to write a drag king episode. Um, and uh, it, it used to be just sort of like playful, like Taylor's going to be in the show as a drag king but that was Tanya's call. Um, and asked if I could dance. And I said, yes. (laughs) And then was like, Hey, can you write this song? Uh, she had a friend who is a wonderful composer named T. Carlos Roberts from, uh, from Chicago. And I worked with, uh, T to, uh, write that song. Tanya wanted to, uh, wanted it to be about toxic masculinity, um, in Latino, uh, in Latinidad. So that was the, that was the prompt. Um, and so I took a stab at it and that became mama machismo.
1: <laughs> mama machismo. And then I saw that they at the rap party, there was a cocktail named after the song? Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, like, uh, it was, yeah, that was the coolest thing I've ever seen. I showed up with my cousin, Miko. And I was really nervous, because it's like, you know, I I, I look up to everybody on this show so much. And then I get, you know, I, I, there's a line at the bar, you know, and I'm so nervous, like, Oh, God, I wonder if anybody wants to talk to me. And everybody looks so good. And uh, I want to make sure my cousin's happy and I get to the front of the bar and it's like what do you have what can I get you the bartender asks me and I look at framed picture and I'm like um I'd like to get my song please
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Oh god that's
1: amazing well um I would love to wrap this up even though honestly I feel like I could I feel like this needs to be a two-parter. part Like, I need to bring you back on because I had so many other things I wanted no, to ask you about. We didn't even about, get to. You,
0: you talked to me only about gay stuff. Did, is it because I rambled?
1: No, you, you're not a rambler. You just got excited about talking about gay things. And I was like, I'm here for it.
0: Let's have a gay episode, you know? <laughs> There's just a lot to unpack about that, I guess.
1: Yeah, no, it's great. And I guess before we close out, because we can always talk again. I'll just have to bring you back. That's going to have to happen. <laughs> <laughs> is if you, if Taylor Orsi has a bad day, you turn in a draft of a script and they don't like it or like someone's, you got in a fight with somebody, you get home, you're not feeling good, right? Uh, what is a food or a piece of music or an animal, like just some sort of hot tip for people out there that you,
0: you should take a part of that piece works of for furniture. you. You should take a part- take a part, a piece of furniture. Yeah. You should take apart a piece of to her- do what? Put it back together. Just try it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and what does that do for you? <laughs> um, I think it's like a little puzzle. Like it's, it's like a little puzzle that unhooks your brain from the, uh, like whatever you're hooked on. And so, yeah, furniture is just little puzzles you have around your house and that you like sit on and stuff so yeah just take apart a piece of furniture and then put it back together and then you have your little puzzle and that releases whatever it it clears up your calms down your frontal cortex which is where all of your good ideas go and then you just feel a little bit better
1: I love that I love that. Well, thank you so much, Taylor, for coming on. And if people want to find
0: you online, where should they follow you? At Taylor Orsi.
1: And that's like on Instagram, Twitter?
0: Yeah. I would, Everywhere. I would have a more creative handle that's like, at fuck pumpkin. But I don't.
1: I mean, if it's not taken, you should get in on the ground floor of that fuck pumpkin money. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for tuning in today wasn't taylor the best i just i i i love her she makes me laugh so fucking hard uh i hope that today's episode and any of the other episodes we've got on here make you feel less weird about whatever random shit life has thrown at you lately i know it's hard but at least we have each other uh some details from this episode will be in the description, but you can check out the full episode guide on cryingbehindpod.com for a full list of all the fun stuff and resources that we mentioned in this episode. Our Twitter, our Instagram, etc., are all at cryingbehindpod. And I've been your host, Katie Dahl. And we'll continue to be that person uh, for at least the foreseeable future. Please subscribe, review, rate, or share this with a friend who might enjoy it. Or, you know, maybe maybe just uh, sneak it to them. If, they, if they're in a bad mood, this might turn it around for them. Who knows? Uh, next time you're feeling bad, just throw on your sunglasses. Take a deep breath. Take a walk outside. And remember, stay cool. Stay sunny. Bye.